0: Welcome to multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. And I'm happy to be with you this week as we take a break from our series on taxes. And we will be coming back next week to our next session on that subject. And this week, we're going to talk about the economic cycle, in particular, the trough. <laughs> And what is it? And is it a good thing? And we think there's value in the trough. And so what is that value? And that's what we're going to chat about this week. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. If you have emailed in the past, in particular, if you've used the contact us form on our website, um, last week we found a batch of emails that got stuck apparently in our spam filter from last year. And so uh, we're attempting to reach out to all of those nice folks. If that has happened to you, uh, give us another shot. <laughs> Shoot me an email, pat at com. I think we have rectified that issue. And we'll um, we'll do our best to um, to respond to you in a uh, timely manner. OK, so let's get into the trough. Well, what do we mean by the trough? If you're familiar with the economic cycle, it looks like a sine wave, right? It goes up, there's a peak, it, Turns downward, there's a trough, a low point, and then it turns upward again and repeats. And this happens over and over and over again. A typical cycle might take four or five years to run the full course. Uh, Sometimes it's been longer, some have been shorter. What does that mean? That means that, let's just say it's five years. That means that every five years, we experience a period of economic growth, that every five years, we experience a period of economic maturity, and every five years, we experience a period of economic decline, heading towards recession, and we experience this thing called the trough, right? The bottoming out of the economy in preparation and anticipation of the next growth cycle. So when we say the trough, that's what we're talking about. Well, that doesn't sound like a very good thing, does it? That sounds like recession. That sounds like it's bad for the economy and would be bad for investing. Well, there's pros and cons to the trough. Certainly, you can't argue that a period of economic contraction doesn't have some negative impacts on the investment world. It certainly does. There'll be tenants, for example, that'll lose their jobs or have their hours cut when you get to this phase of the economic cycle. There'll be a tightening of a number of items in terms of operational efficiencies. And it's a challenge to move through. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's actually one of the values of investing in multifamily real estate. But there's also a lot of benefits to the trough. And I want to talk about those today. Three in particular. Now, there are many more than this, but I want to talk about three in particular. And one of the reasons for doing this is we are headed in that direction, Now, before anyone gets concerned that, oh my gosh, we think there's going to be a recession tomorrow, um, we're always headed towards a trough, right? That's the nature of the cycle. If you're a long-term investor, no matter where you are in the cycle, there's a recession in front of you. Whether it's a year away or a month away or 10 years away is a good question. There's always, though, a recession coming just as there's always a growth period coming and a period of maturation and so on. So let's take a look at the value that we think there is in this trough, right? In this period of economic contraction and anticipation of the growth cycle. What's the trough all about? Well, the first thing that we would point out is, and this is the reason we are in the real estate space, in particular in the multi-family real estate space, is real estate. We believe is a really wonderful full cycle investment. And what I mean by full cycle is an asset class that performs throughout the entirety of the economic cycle. Lots of investments can make money when there's growth in the economy, and when there's maturity how do you perform when the economy begins to slow and then ultimately when it contracts? That can be a challenge for many investments and even for some real estate if it's not structured with a long-term focus in mind. If it is, right, and that's the way we think you should play in the multifamily space is long then you're not only going to own real estate during a period of contraction during a recession through a trough but you're going to ha- you're going to experience that multiple times right if you're a 10 15 20 year timeline horizon investor you're going to experience one or two or three or even four recessions in that time frame and so it's not something to be worried about it's something to embrace. It is something to prepare for. And this is the first value that we see in these periods is there's an opportunity for us to experience the positive effects of the stress tests that we utilize when we acquire an asset. When we look to acquire a property, we do, do so with the thought that we're gonna own it through all of these different cycles. And we want to be in a position that when we experience a recession, that there's enough performance in the asset that we don't, for example, trigger any loan covenant issues, that we don't trigger a cash issue in terms of the asset, and that we're able to continue to perform. We can pay all of our uh, expenses, we can operate the property well, and we can work through the short term with investors in terms of what distribution strategy might look like. It's very possible in a recession that you might see a period where distributions, where cash generated, squeezes a bit. And that ultimately is made up for in growth. That's why you'll often hear us when we talk about cash yields, that it's averages over a period of time. The snapshot at any given point in time For example, our most recent distributions in one of our funds were, you know, double digit uh, on an annualized basis. That's not something we would expect to continue on a regular basis, but it helped us get to the averages that we expected to see. So again, you don't want to look at just the snapshot of that period, but overall. Well, these stress tests are things like debt coverage ratios and debt yield, which the lenders use break-even occupancy, which is the one that we use. And what we like about this trough is not everyone does this. There are investments that are designed to time the market. Troughs can be really challenging for them. And there are investments that don't take stress tests seriously or don't even do them. And what this does is it gives us an opportunity for our assets, our funds, our investments to differentiate themselves from others that are in the marketplace. And so that's one of the things that we like about a trough is it's an opportunity, just as we have in each of the other cycles, portions of the cycle. It's an opportunity for us to shine. And so we like that. Number two, and it's a a byproduct, if you will, of number one, is by having some dry powder, There's opportunities to make some good investments. So, as I said, not everyone will stress test their assets. Not everyone designs it to be a long-term hold. Maybe there's a timing element involved. And if someone gets caught, well, then they may need to exit that asset and do so at a price that's unfavorable to them, but that's opportunistic for us. We've seen some of that activity recently. We think there's going to be more of that this year, uh, in particular, based on interest rate movements that have happened and what some investors are experiencing, in particular, those that had floating rate debt. So there's an opportunity to be purchasing assets significantly below what the market really should be for them. So an asset that generates $500,000 in NOI that ought to be going for $10 million, you might be able to pick it up for nine million or nine million or maybe even less because the seller simply has to sell. And there's an opportunity to take advantage of that in this marketplace. Now, all those assets, while economically distressed, still have to pass an underwrite, right? So you don't want to just buy an asset because it looks like an opportunity. It needs to pass the underwrite and the underwrite is where you do the same stress testing. But there will be opportunities this uh, next cycle, this next trough, whether that's you know this year, later this year, 2025, whenever it is that we go through the trough, there'll be opportunities to make investments in which we can make some money Day one, simply by purchasing the asset at a favorable valuation. So that's the second item. The third item, and this is probably the one that I like the most, is there's an element in a recession and moving through a trough. There's an element of concentration that occurs that is very powerful. And so by concentration, I mean. Uh, sort of a distillation process, right? So uh, looking at everything that's happening in an asset and focusing on those key essentials. When you're managing in that kind of an environment, you're going to look, for example, at your operating expenses, and you're going to question every dollar that's getting spent. Now, that doesn't mean If you cut something that what was being spent before was wasteful, it simply wasn't in this truly essential category. And that's what we do when we move into a trough is you boil everything down to the essence of what needs to be there. So it's the staff and the quality of the staff. It's the focus on investing OPEX dollars in places that are going to generate returns satisfaction from tenants so that we get solid renewal rates and solid renewal increases and that improves the performance of the asset in terms of new lease up and so on. So advertising, those sorts of things. So you'll see a focus on uh, key repairs and maintenance elements that are going to save us money. uh, Maybe some capital investment that helps us uh, avoid future repairs and maintenance expenses So a very clear concentration. And what that concentration does is a couple of things. I like to envision it as compressing a spring, right? We're we're building up energy when we go through this concentration process. And what it's preparing us for is the next phase in the cycle, which is growth. And that's one of the things that's very comforting, if you will, about looking at the economic cycle, and that is the growth phase. Every recession, by definition, is followed by a growth phase. Uh, Go back and look at every recession that we've had in the United States, and what you'll see is we have a decline in economic activity, and when the recession ends, we begin a period of growth. And while I describe this as sort of a sine curve, if you will, it's a sine curve that's tilted up to the right by 3 or 5 or 10 or 20 degrees. And what that means is that each growth period takes us to a higher peak than the prior peak. And while we will go through a trough again, the bottom of that trough is still higher than the last trough. And so we are continually growing the economy through this oscillation that occurs, which is the economic cycle. So the wonderful news is while a trough is approaching, the growth experience is right behind it. And so in the trough, we want to focus on those essentials, on the quality of our tenant base from an economic standpoint from the uh, quality of the asset in terms of how we've maintained it and what our offering is, what our uh, spread of um, units is. So, for example, our mix of classics and upgrades and various sizes and so on, amenities that we offer, that we are poised and positioned so that as the growth occurs, and again, it will be following the trough, as that growth occurs, we are able to capitalize on it. And in doing so, experience a greater portion of growth than we would have had we taken a different approach in the trough. And that different approach would look like, instead of concentration, it would look like cutting. Grabbing your machete, your ax, your whatever unwieldy sharp tool you wanna use as a metaphor here, And basically just hacking away at costs, cutting staff, cutting marketing expenses, cutting repairs and maintenance, uh, deferring maintenance, not doing the work that needs to be done to keep the property in healthy shape. If that's the approach, then what happens when you get to growth is you've got an unhappy tenant base, your renewal rates are going to be lower you're not going to get the renewal increases that you'd like to get. You won't have the presence in the marketplace to command new tenants in the manner that you could otherwise. And the deferred maintenance—again, that key word—it's deferred. The deferred maintenance then comes home to roost, and. Uh, I'm going to date myself a little here. There's an old Fram oil filter commercial where it's pay me now or pay me later. That's the mechanic that's saying that. Deferred maintenance is the same thing. If you defer it, it's not deferring $10,000 worth of work to be done later and it's $10,000 later. It'll be $15,000. later Because deferred maintenance items pretty much by definition, are items that are going to cause more damage, right? So if you've got a roof that needs work and you're not doing anything on it, you're simply trying to hold it together with, you know, duct tape and baling wire, uh, it's going to cost you more down the road. So using this period of time to take advantage of all of those elements and prepare yourself for the growth puts us in a position to have a wonderful growth experience. So if you look at all three of those, the stress testing and confidence we can build in our portfolio by acquiring assets that we have confidence will perform throughout the entire economic cycle allows us to not be distracted by or worried about our current assets. That puts us in a position to be opportunistic investors in the marketplace, because not every investor will have done what we did. And at each of the assets in our portfolio, we're able to focus on those key essentials and prepare ourselves for that growth phase that is absolutely inevitably going to follow the trough. The one thing we don't know obviously is the timing of any of this activity and so as i said none of this should be taken as oh my gosh we think this is happening tomorrow Uh, we just recently had our 2024 outlook in which we shared some data around uh what economists think the economy looks like through 2024 and there's certainly a group of economists that believe there's some opportunity for a recession in the latter part of 24. Uh, We'll have a copy of that material up and available on the Multifamily Real Estate channel at the Learning Center at marapolling.com probably later this week. I think it's going through some production work, uh, post-production work right now. Uh, But that's a great session to take a look at if you want to get a better understanding of what they all think. From a very simple standpoint, again, we simply know that it's coming because it's always coming. And so these are some things to think of and keep in mind. If you're an investor with us, we've shared some of this material with you already through our 2024 Outlook conversations. If you are not an investor with Mara Poling, if you're with another sponsor, these might be things you would look for in your communications from them. If you own your own portfolio of assets or are building your own portfolio of assets, these might be some thoughts to simply keep in mind as you look at what the next six, 12, 18, 24 months looks like, whatever timing you think is appropriate from that standpoint. Okay, next week, we're gonna be back to our tax conversation. I think we're talking about tax deferral versus tax avoidance. Uh, that's always a great topic. So uh, I hope that you'll join us then. If you have any questions, as I said, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com and join us next week for another episode of multifamily real estate investing presented by Mara Polar.